Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Swears and Does Hair podcast. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, bridal hairstylist, makeup artist, and business coach for the bridal industry. And today I have the lovely Alexandra with me today. Uh, she is a hairstylist. And today we are going to be talking about what it's like to uh, enter into the behind the chair one shot contest as somebody who has entered before, um, what the experience is like, what it's like going to the event, um, and some tips and information if you are considering entering into the contest yourself this year. So thank you so much for joining me, Alex. You prefer Alex or Alexandra? You can call me Alex. Alex. Okay, cool. Well, welcome, Alex. Uh, if you want to take a second to introduce yourself to everybody, tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. Awesome. So, like you said, I'm Alexandra Wilson, but you can call me Alex. I am in Warwick, Rhode Island. I am a bridal and breeding specialist. I've been doing weddings for about a decade now. I have my own bridal hair business. I'm also a bridal hair educator, and I also work educating with Salon Centric and the Behind the Chair team, as well as educating independently. Awesome. So um, let me pull my questions back up here. Okay. So when it comes to um, the contest, what is yeah. your biggest piece of advice for someone who wants to enter? If they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds really fun, but it sounds kind of intimidating. What's your biggest piece of advice for them? I feel like it sounds so simple, but just do it. I feel like as since I've been an educator, I've realized that so many hairstylists, they just hold themselves back because we're mm -hmm. overthinking. We're all yep. overthinkers. And I'm yep. sure you can relate to that. Absolutely. And I feel like it's like, why wouldn't you? If you're thinking about entering and you're really interested in it, what's holding you back? And I feel like a lot of people say, oh, well, what if I put something on my Instagram and somebody like comments and says like something negative and it's like, you know, don't take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Like, are you really going to let that. that hold, right? Like, are you really yeah. going to let that hold you back? So even though it sounds simple, like just rip the rip off the bandaid and just do it. There's really nothing to be afraid of to not enter. Mm -hmm. I think that you hit a great point right there. We're afraid of negative feedback from people. But if you think about it, look at, you know, celebrities. They are right. literal masters at what they do. They get paid millions of dollars to, yep. to do their things, whether they're athletes or actors or singers or whatever. And people shit on them all the time. Like, you know, oh, was it like Jimmy Kimmel really? or somebody, you know, who has the thing where they have um, 
celebrities come in and read mean tweets about themselves. Like there's no way to avoid that. You can be amazing at what you do being paid at the highest rate. And there's still somebody who's going to look at your work and be like, and they're going to criticize you. So you can't let that hold you back because you could be the next, you know, big star. Yeah. You really could. And I feel like it's easier said than done like a thousand percent. But it's like you said, if you kind of look at it, like there are celebrity hair and makeup artists that are millionaires that Uh people still criticize daily. And it's like, they're out there doing their thing, making millions. So they don't really care. Exactly. Like if Makeup by Mario, I mean, he was already working with Kim Kardashian, you know, when that viral photo of how he contours her went out there. You know, if he thought to himself, well, if I post that and people criticize me because it looks kind of crazy, you know, and hurt the style of makeup that he does for her is not everybody's cup of tea. If he hadn't put that out there or let her put it out there or whatever, you know, where would his career be today if he let him hold himself back? Now he's a household name, you know, his his eyeshadow palette is selling out like crazy. He puts one out, I think almost every makeup artist that I follow on Instagram was posting in their stories about his new eyeshadow palette, about how much they want it, you know, and look where right. putting himself out there and just being like, you know what, I'm going to do it and I'm going to own it. And that's me. And exactly. some people are going to like it and some people aren't, but I'm going to let it exactly. take me where it could be. He could be right. holding himself back and just being like, well, I do celebrity makeup instead of exactly. he's, not, he's practically a celebrity himself. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So when it comes to entering, should people try and stick to like one category or should they just kind of spam all the categories and put everything out there? If your advice is really kind of like, just do it, should, how, how much should they right. do it? I feel like, like me personally, I would only enter the categories that I truly feel like passionate about. Mm -hmm. versus just kind of spamming and just going crazy with every category Mm -hmm. because what it comes down to is like say you do place say you do win but it's something that you hate doing like why would Uh you kind of put do you know what I mean like why would you put that like oh wow Alex Alex I love that a-line bob that you did that's so fresh and I'm like oh I actually don't cut hair anymore I don't like doing that and it's like well it's like false advertising and like why would you Mm -hmm. put that out there if that's not what you want to attract so Mm -hmm. I'm kind of all about like sticking true to like yourself and your own style and like your own aesthetic and doing what like put out there what you want to put out there not what you think might do well does that make sense exactly yes it totally makes sense and I I 100% agree with you because I think too many people try and be a jack of all trades and they think that that's the way to make them exactly exactly although there is another whole like part to that thing where where it kind of goes into but it's better than being a master of none so it's like all right but you know still taking that piece of advice and applying it it still makes sense because you know what do you what do you want to attract what do you want to be known for if you're the type of artist who is constantly getting requests for work that you don't like doing like for myself, right. I hate glam waves. It's just not my style. And Same. I get people who ask for it and I flat out tell them that's really not my thing. 
I let right. me recommend to you somebody else who'll be a much better fit for your business. Now I'll do it on a bridesmaid in a modified version on a wedding day because you know, I'm already there and I have to give them what they want. But when I have a bride who comes to me and is like, oh, you know, I want this Kim Kardashian makeup and the glam waves. And like, that's not my aesthetic. It's, it, I am like a boho artist with like the loose wavy kind of like curly up dues and all this texture. Right. And the makeup is like really fresh skin, really glowing, not heavy. Like I don't do the whole contouring thing. That's that's my vibe. And that's what I want to attract more of. Cause I want more people to come in and sit down and show me my work because one exactly. that shows me that they've done their research and they're picking me not because I was the person who was available and it responded to their email first and was within their yep. price range, but because they actually want me, they actually like my work. So it's a better right. client experience rather than trying to force myself to be like, well, this is what's trendy now. So let me take a class right. with I this guess artist. I, exactly. And, and I have, I have work. to do this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think that they should really, kind of focus on like, well, what fills you up? What do you want exactly. more of? If somebody right. sat in your chair and showed you the photo of this work, would you be excited by that? Then that's right. what you should put out there. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, should they try and do multiple things in one category or should they be kind of like, well, let me just put out a few of my best work and hope or should they just be like, okay, well, my category is like braids. Uh, right. Let me enter 20 different braids into yes. that braid category. A thousand percent. Yeah. I, I feel like I don't do as many entries as I used to, but when I first started um, entering the one shots in 2017, I just, I, you know, I didn't have many followers and I was like, I just want to get noticed. So uh -huh. I feel like if you're really trying to get noticed, you need to like spam it. Like you uh -huh. need to go hard and, even like have, you know, a friend or a sibling or a cousin, like come in, play with their hair, you know, take pictures from different angles, add different accessories. You can even, you know, mm -hmm. enter one style multiple times, but use like different angles, different mm -hmm. accessories, stuff yep. like that. But if somebody's really trying to get noticed, which I feel like most people who enter one shot are, uh -huh. I would enter as much as you possibly can, but only enter quality work don't if you do a style and you hate it and you're like this kind of looks like shit this isn't the best representation of my work don't post it you only want to post something that you feel like confident in and you feel mm -hmm. good about that represents yourself and your work yeah I like your idea of entering the same style but you know changing out the accessories or right. taking a photo of it you know maybe in a different location like maybe something right. was just like a plain wall backdrop but exactly then, you know, you change it and, you know, you edit the photos so that there's a different background or, or something right. like that. Or you move them over to a slightly different place. Um, right. And it might have like, place. yeah, it might have like more moody lighting and maybe mm -hmm. that maybe, you know, the judges are like, oh, wow, I really like that versus the other one that you had that was maybe brighter. So it's like, mm -hmm. you really just never know, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And then make sure to put out, you know, what you, like you said, what you feel is quality. Um, because right. every time you post, the people who are, you know, from behind the chair that are looking at all of those entries and deciding what moves forward and stuff like that, you know, the more times that they see your name pop up, like the more exactly. name recognition you're going to build in their brains. It's, it's how mm -hmm. marketing 
works. You know, yes. we need to see a brand name and a brand message a minimum of eight times. And actually with the way that modern marketing and advertising um, has been going over the last few years, especially with the introduction of like short form video and things like that, we need to see closer to 15 times a, a brand's name or a brand's message for our brains to draw a correlation and to put those two together. So if you want those people who are sifting through those thousands and thousands of entries every day to actually be like, oh, wait, that's right. Uh, yeah, right. oh, Alex, that's right. Okay, yeah, she put this other stuff in. She does really right. good work. When you right. post that next one and tag them, they're going to recognize you. But you right. have to make sure yes. that you're giving them a good impression. Because if you're right. just posting it, like half your stuff is kind of crap, they're going to be like, eh, she's hit her. Like, is she, she's yeah, not is that she good. actually that good? Yes, yeah. definitely. So um, do you have any tips for when it comes to formatting your entry? Like, is there something in specific that they should focus on? Like how important is a caption? Should they really focus on like trying to get as many likes for it? Or what about their entries actually matters in the long run? I feel like... Definitely. I don't really think like captions even matter. I feel like, mm -hmm. and it sounds bad, but it's like half the time people don't read them anyway, <laughs> depending mm -hmm. on like, you know what I mean? Um, but I feel like that's not going to really matter if they click on a photo and see that it's amazing. They're not going to be like, Oh, did they write a good caption? You know what I mean? Like, I feel uh -huh. like they could kind of pass by that, but mm -hmm. I do feel like it definitely helps if your photo has been like shared by other people Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because that in that boosts engagement, like say I post a photo and like 20 of my friends like share it on their stories or whatever, that's mm -hmm. just showing that the photo is doing well and it is getting engagement, which is uh -huh. more likely to show up like on people's explore pages. Mm -hmm. So I do feel like the more a photo has kind of been around and the better engagement it has, I feel like the more likely it is to show up at the top of like when you click on the hashtag and it shows mm -hmm. top. I feel like it's more likely to show up there. Mm -hmm. um, that's just my personal opinion, but I wouldn't really worry about captions too much. But mm -hmm. I feel like maybe if you tried to boost the post, like if you paid to get it boosted and have more people like it, like I don't think behind the chair would necessarily not choose a photo because it like doesn't have enough likes. But I just think that if it gets more traction, engagement on more people's pages, People like hair pages are more likely to see it and to share it, which mm -hmm. in return, they can, they see it more and they're like, oh, I've seen this photo five times. This photo is amazing. We have to nominate this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause you have to kind of also think from behind the chairs perspective, their business and right. when they do these type of contents. It's what does that do for their business? What does that do right. for their brand recognition? Yeah. What does that do that for their social media, for their engagement rates? And no matter how beautiful a photo is and how talented an artist is, if it's not something that gets good engagement and doesn't get people yes. to click the like button and interact yep. with it, it's less likely to be shared by them because it doesn't yeah. do anything for their business. So right. I think it's important to understand 
how kind of everything works together and right. maybe i'll get like an email from somebody behind the chair being like that is not actually how it works please stop telling people that but you know it's gotta, very true they're yeah, a, they're a business for they're sure a business, yeah. you know so you have to kind of be like okay well why would they want to share it we all want to be like i am picasso i am so right. amazing i am so good right. at this stuff but that's not really right. what it is at the end of the day there's a lot of picassos that are fucking broke still you know like they don't get famous yeah. until they're dead so right. uh, their yeah. work makes millions of dollars for art people you know years after they're gone so just because the work is good doesn't necessarily mean one that's going to bring you business and two it doesn't right. necessarily mean that it's going to get you brand recognition with other opportunities that could make you business or make you right. uh, make you money yeah so um so i so what I'm hearing is like really focus on getting good engagement so that it comes higher in the explore feed, that the behind the chair people yes. see it, that they, there's brand right. and name recognition because they're right. seeing a lot yes. of these quality um, uh, entries. Uh, and I'm assuming that means that you really need to focus on making sure that it is an amazing photo of your yes. work. So yes. do you have any tips for taking better photos of their work? So I personally think that the best photos are natural light. Like mm -hmm. everybody has their opinions, but to me, I think the best photos are taken in indirect sunlight. So, you know, obviously you want to be in a little bit of a shaded area, but you still mm -hmm. want, like, you definitely don't want to take a picture at nighttime, a thousand mm -hmm. percent. No. Um, you know, so like if you're, if your client is in front of a window, your mm -hmm. back needs to be against that window and they need to be in that light. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yep. So for me, I will go outside in the dead of winter. I will make my client go outside in the dead of winter. I don't care. It's snowing out. It's the, it's the best and most true lighting. And especially with hairstyling, especially mm -hmm. with like a lot of the textured styles that we're doing, yep. the softness, the braids. If you're not having the best lighting, like I see so many entries that are beautiful, but the lighting is just not there. And mm -hmm. behind the chair will not choose a photo unless it has all of the components. Good, you know, great backdrop, um, clean backdrop. The mm -hmm. model isn't wearing a shirt that has a bold pattern that's taking away from the hair mm -hmm. down to the way the model's head is posed down to the lighting. So it's like, if it doesn't have all of those components, it, there, it's not going to get picked simply because of that. So taking a good picture is so crucial. Um, mm -hmm. I would avoid, I know Mary, who's the founder for anybody on here who doesn't know, Mary is the founder of Behind the Chair. And I remember listening to her once and she always says like brick backdrops are like terrible because they're red, they're mm -hmm. bold, and they usually are so distracting that they take away from the hair. So you really want simple backdrop, mostly solid color. Um, mm -hmm. If it's in a salon, really try to blur out the background. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, I would always go in front of a window, if not outside. And, um, you know, always have like, like I said, a simple, they'll have, you know, if you're in a salon, I would maybe keep like some, a few simple, like blouse tops that you could have them throw on because you put on like a busy pattern top with like a soft bridal updo and it, it doesn't mesh. Like it doesn't yeah. go, yeah. it doesn't flow. So it's like the whole photo needs to be very like clean and aesthetically pleasing for them yeah. to pick it. When I was doing, you know, hair behind the chair, I always had 
like black robes that they could just throw yeah. on over their clothes. Mm-hmm. I just got like a couple, like three or four, like extra large that I got from Amazon. I paid like $15 for them. They got washed every single week. You know, I, I never really took more than like four clients in a day. So all I really needed was like four max. And if they had something that wasn't a black, gray, or a white top, I'd be like, hey, let's just throw this on over what you're wearing and take your photos. Um, And, you know, you can have black t-shirts, white t-shirts. I know Marissa, um, she has like a a white tube top thing that she got from Instagram. She posted about it uh, over the summer and I went on Amazon and I bought that. Um, Cause I used it when I did my um, masterclass on how to take better photos of your work from wedding days. And mm-hmm. um, I think she either recommends to her brides to always buy that top and wear that to their trial, or she might have one, but I know that a lot of people like wear that specific, like yeah. tube top kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. something that's so inexpensive that you can just have to have right. on stock. They do run a little small. So um, I'll try and find the link and I'll post it in yeah. um, my show notes for this episode for anybody who's interested in it. Otherwise you can probably ask Marissa, on uh instagram marissa grace um and she could probably give you the link too because i know she has like an amazon storefront and i want to help her promote that and stuff like that but um yeah so like having something that's it also helps to add to consistency you know yes, and, and consistency in your photos also leads to brand recognition um right yeah, I, I used to do Thriver Society with Brit Siva, and I remember one time in a class when she was talking about, you know, branding and brand consistency, she was talking about one of her students, and she said that she would scroll Instagram, and she would see their photos, and she instantly knew who it was before she ever even had to check to see who posted it, because they were so good about making sure that they had consistency in their photos. They used the same type of lighting, the same backdrops, everybody wore like a black t-shirt or a white t-shirt or whatever. And um, I think that that goes a long way too, if you're going to build consistency and repetition people will know yourself and it helps too just in your feed and overall branding for your clientele it's gonna all of these tips are going to lead to better business with right booking yeah. rides and everything too not just um with the contest so I think it's a right great, it's a good thing to kind of start to pay attention to and Marissa again is another one who does a really great thing with like everybody in the backdrop she has that like peach colored wall and that floral install that her mom did. And I know you do a lot with that green wall in the background and stuff and your studio space, like yeah. your guys work. I know not just cause you guys have differences stylistically, but when your work comes up in my feed, I'm like, Oh no, that's Alex's post, you know, or, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Or that's Renee's or, Oh, that's Caitlin's. Like it's right. very consistent with how their photos and your photos are taken so it builds right. that brand recognition really, really quickly. Definitely. So let's talk about once people have entered the contest, what kind of benefits come from either entering the contest or placing those kinds of things? What, why should people care about this contest? Why should they enter? I mean, honestly, like when I first entered, it was more of a reason, like at first it was more of a reason to enter to really just push myself. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because I feel like a lot of the times, you know, we're posting different styles that we do on brides and stuff like that. But it's like I said, whenever you can have like a model on your own and really do whatever you want creatively, Mm -hmm. I feel like it pushes you to want to step outside of the box because you're like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to win this. I want brands to notice me. I want all of this. So I feel like for me, it really, I think that it pushes people past their comfort zone so much because I feel like it's done that for me. Cause every year I kind of scroll throughout the entries and I'm like, oh shit, like I got to step it up. Like Mm -hmm. I got to really think of some shit that is outside of the box, but it's still my style. It's still my Uh aesthetic. Um, so for me, I feel like it really just pushes people, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, it really right. motivates people to kind of, like I said, think outside the box, be different. And then, you know, if you do, you know, place, um, there are a lot, a lot of different brands that are definitely keeping an eye on that. Um, you know, a lot of people that are at the show, a lot of brands that are at the show. So I feel like all in all, um, it can help you on like your own, like, career growth and personal Mm -hmm. like being creative but I also feel like it could benefit you um just having you know more recognition and brand seeing you but kind of going off of what you said you know a few minutes ago about you know having this photo consistency and having these amazing pictures on your on your Instagram is way more than just one shot this is going to benefit you so much beyond just a contest so it's like for me I actually when I started doing more of my Instagram in 2017 I didn't really utilize it much before that but having the one shot contest was actually what made me put my work out there Mm -hmm. and from there I've grown to what I am today because I just put myself out there so I feel like that in itself that's why I'm just a big believer in this contest that even if you don't place like it literally pushes you to be better and it's going to better you as you know your Instagram page is going to better your business it's going to better your marketing so I feel like all in all it's just beneficial yeah absolutely and and if anything else it builds better habits when it comes to taking photos of your work branding and just being consistent your social media it helps build engagement and all of that momentum comes you know twofold down the line, you know, it comes back and, and it builds your business. So yeah, you might not place, you might not win, but look at what it's done for your business. So I, I, um, I follow a coach who is a coach for other coaches. And there was one thing that she was talking about a few weeks ago, and she was talking about how she had what she considered a failed launch, you know, so she had a new course that she had coming out And she didn't meet the number of new students that she had wanted to get. And while some people would consider that, you know, quote unquote, a failure because she didn't hit the goal that she set, she said that down the line, she ended up booking like an additional or making an additional like $21,000 or however much it was. Um, in the following months, because she had spent all this time promoting this specific course. And there were people that were in her audience that it wasn't the right time for them right then. But she had other things that she offered. 
that they were interested in either mini courses or master classes or just one-on-one -on -one coaching. And she was able to turn this into thousands and thousands of dollars in other services. And they were, she was still able to work with these people in a way that benefited both them and her business. And so in the end, it wasn't a failure at all. It was a right. huge win for her business. And so if you approach, I think contests and things like that, and even just working with brides on an individual basis that way and be like, Hey, it, I might not achieve this specific goal right now that I'm going for, yeah. but all the little things that I'm doing in my business, all of these little changes and shifts and better habits and, you know, better conversations and better relationships and, and, you know, better systems in my business, they're going to lead to success later on right. down the line. I don't know what, what this could bring me if this could be the photo that goes viral that launches my right you know my makeup line 10 years down the road kind of thing. yeah so, you, do, you, you don't know. know you yeah I yeah. definitely agree with that so is this really um something where bridal artists you know Joe Smo from the middle of uh Montana can reap these kind of benefits or is it really like if you want to become an educator yourself, um, you know, that's who's going to benefit the most from winning in this contest. And that those are the types of people who are going to get the best opportunities. So do you think that it's really kind of an even playing field that you don't have to be an educator or looking to become an educator to kind of get the benefits of, of winning or placing with this contest? Yeah, I think that if you are trying to grow a following on Instagram and you are trying to get noticed by brands and possibly looking for brand partnerships or, you know, working on social media with brands or doing anything like that, or even like you said, educating, mm -hmm. I would say all of those things are going to be like, if you're not looking for any of those things and you're just looking for brides, um, I I feel like it's kind of a tough thing because I would say maybe it won't be as beneficial for you if you're just looking mm -hmm. to market yourself in your area. But at the same time, it pushes you to be better. And mm -hmm. then in return, you have better pictures on your Instagram, uh -huh. which in return is going to get you more brides. So like if you're if you're looking, yeah, just for like more brides in general, I'd say if you're just looking to better your page, then yeah. But I mean, overall, I would say it's the best opportunity if you're trying to connect with brands, um, like I said, work on social media, um, meet other people in the industry, mm -hmm. um, you know, build like a community if you want to be a part of the, a community of bridal stylists. So I feel like, does that kind of make sense? I feel like it's beneficial oh, yeah, in a lot yeah. of different ways. It just depends on what you're looking for. But I, you definitely don't have to be just, you know, you don't have to be a bridal educator to be like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not an educator. Can I still do this? A thousand percent. And I think either way, it's going to make you better. So in the long run, I think, I don't know, I'm a big believer in it because I feel like it's helped me a lot and, mm -hmm. and grow and push myself. So I don't know. I feel like everybody can benefit from it one way or another. Yeah. I think there's so many opportunities for the benefits and you just kind of have to ask yourself, well, what am I expecting from this? What exactly. do I want to get from this? Do I mm -hmm. want to build these better habits and build the better marketing and build the better portfolio and push myself creatively as an artist, like we discussed, or do I want to use this as a springboard to, 
you know, right. network with other artists to get brand recognition, become an educator. Or if you're somebody who's like, hey, I want to start teaching updo classes, or I want to start teaching cutting or coloring or whatever kinds of classes for whatever you're entering into, you know, right. what do I want to get out of that? And then when you can kind of focus on what you want to get from it in the end, that isn't like, I want to win. Like, cause obviously everybody right. wants to be like, Oh yeah, I want the trophy. I want to win. You know, I want to go up on the big stage and accept everything, the award in front of everybody. Like, yeah, that's the ultimate goal of what this contest specifically, but we've talked about right. so many other benefits, so many other things that can be your focus. And that way, even if you don't win the contest, you can be like, yeah, well, that's fine. That was like the bonus. That was the cherry on yes. top winning. But look yes. at all these other things that I got out of it because you were focused on the things that actually matter in your business because at the right. end of the day, like a trophy on the shelf, that's just really good for your ego. Nobody's right. going it makes to be you like, feel well, good. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Brides aren't being like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't have that little glass trophy. I'm not going to hire you. Like it doesn't exactly in the long run. It doesn't really mean anything. It's good no. for our ego. Um, it's like a personal like goal, but exactly. I feel like it. Yeah, exactly. No, definitely. I remember for years I wanted to work, you know, bridal fashion week. And I thought that that was like, you know, this penultimate goal of like, all right, I have achieved, I, I have gotten there or whatever. And then all these brides will be so wowed and impressed by it. And I could tell it'd be like, oh, I worked bridal fashion week. And then I did it. Right. And I was like, and that didn't really do anything for me. Cool. I can <laughs> check that off. That was fun. It was stressful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I probably won't want to do that again. But you know, right. now I can but you did it. Yeah. yeah. I've done bridal fashion week. Cool. You know, exactly. so, um, but if I had approached it from the, the viewpoint of, okay, well, what other things, you know, what other spokes coming off of that? What other opportunities will this lead to? Um, right. You know, then it would have been like, oh, it would have it felt completely different at that point. And I would have right. approached it much differently. And I probably would have, you know networks differently and you just a lot of things if you just do differently when you have a different goal in mind very true um all right so next question uh some people might argue a little bit that uh it's a popularity contest and that uh behind the chair favors its educators team or other favorites um, or that, you know, the big accounts who already have thousands of followers are the ones that always um, place and it can discourage some of the smaller independent people. I hope at this point people who are listening are like, well, it doesn't matter because there's so many other benefits to entering the contest. But right. do you think that right. that really holds any weight? Do you think that that's really true at all that these people get favored? I, I really don't. I don't think so. I do think that every year a good amount of the people who are on the behind the chair team get nominated. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, of course they do because behind the chair um, has some of the most talented, amazing stylists and artists on like their yourself. team. So thank you. <laughs> but they, they do like they have some of the best of the best on their team. So of course, why wouldn't they get nominated? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do feel like it, it is tough with the voting process because it's it comes down to people voting for you. And if you have 300,000 followers opposed to somebody with 10,000, you might not win because of that. But then again, there's also a bunch of other people 
voting on every single category that don't even know these people and they're just voting based off of the photo like exactly yeah. I you know what I mean like I won last year and there were there were Russian stylists on there that had way more followers than I did and mm-hmm. I I was like I don't even know how I won because I mean, I, I liked my updo, like I was proud of it, but I uh-huh. thought that there were one better updos in there. Like the Russian stylists are absolutely insane with their skill level and mm-hmm. people had way more followers than me. So I can see how people can argue it with some things, but in another way, I, I don't think it's true because I'm like, I won and yeah, I have a good amount of followers, but I didn't have as much as some of my competitors. So you have to remember that there are people asking for votes, but there are also thousands and thousands of people voting that are just voting in every category just because they want to, you know, support the community, but they don't know who people are. They're just voting based off of, oh, I love that. I love that style. I love that cut. I love that color. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the Behind the Chair show this year in August, there was a woman who won, I can't remember what category, but she won a really, really big category. And Mary, like I said, the founder came out Mm -hmm. and even said, this is proof that you can win with a small following because she had like six to 800 followers and she mm-hmm. won like a really, really big category. It was some color category. So it's like, uh-huh. don't, don't, don't be, you know, scared about that. And um, yeah, it's great to have a lot of followers, but I don't necessarily think that you need a lot to place or even win. Yeah. I think it's just an excuse that people tell themselves because yes. what they're really dealing with is imposter syndrome. Yes. They don't think their own work is good enough to compete. And they're like, oh, well, it's just a popularity contest. And it's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. if you tell yourself that, then then fine. That you're going to live in your own reality and you're going to let that yeah. hold you back. But the people who are like, no, my work is just as good as everybody else. I'm going to put it out there. Because you have to think, yep. when you when people are voting, it's not like they're just going and they're clicking on one photo. You have to right. enter in your information and you have to scroll through and you have to select yes. for every category that's in there. So right. if you think of it, you know, that winner, she had six to 800 people. Okay, Instagram shows her content to, you know, 1%. So like right, 60 right. people are going to, hopefully that math was correct. Like six people, yeah. whatever. I don't know. I'm horrible at math and I'm dyslexic. Um, Me too. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I do hair, not math. Um, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know the, only a few people are going to see when she posts and says, hey, go vote for me. But the, the right, Russian exactly. stylist that has 100,000 and says to all of their followers, I, go vote for me. They're sending, you know, thousands of followers to that page to show right you know the work of all of the people who have been nominated so the people who have big followings they might be going and specifically looking in that that category but there's there's no reason why if you're in you know like an updo and a braid category like if somebody has the updos and they're sending thousands of people they couldn't find yours in the braid or they you know they don't control what their followers vote for if their their followers see your work and they're like hey actually i think this is kind of better i've never heard of this person before right then they're gonna vote for you so just because they have a big following i don't think necessarily guarantees them that their following is going to vote for them um exactly they're not like rabid yeah. fans and they're not being paid to vote for those people so right very true know. yeah 
Yeah. So I think it's just, it's, it's just an excuse that's convenient to hold ourselves back and it helps us feel safe and it helps us feel more comfortable. Um, but we're really doing a disservice to ourselves if we, if that's what we think is our reality. Right. Um, all right. So I think we've kind of covered everything else I kind of wanted to go over as far as the contest. Let's talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about the actual behind the chair, um, show. I've been to like the hair show portion of it, but I've never been to the awards ceremony. So can you give us a little insight on what that's like to go to that? What's the, what's the feeling in the room? The awards? Uh Uh-huh. It's, it's pretty intense, honestly. Um, everybody is very amped up for it. Um, it's, like, fun to, like, dress up. Like, I don't know, as hairstylists, I feel like it's fun. And I feel like you never know what people are going to wear. It's literally, uh-huh. like, the Grammys. It's, like, the Grammys of, yes, like, hair it is. world. it is. the Grammys so of the hair world. You do. You see people in, like, cocktail attire, but then you'll see somebody in, like, a long ass choo-choo, and I'm like, I'm here for everything, like, so I love that. (laughs) Like, I'm like, yes, girl, like, now is your time to wear it. Uh Um, So the energy is definitely high. There's always, like, a cocktail party before, so everybody kind of, you know, has a drink, gets loose, starts hanging out. But the award show itself is so amazing because it's just so inspiring. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, I... Even, you know, not winning, like, I've been multiple times and I haven't won. And it's just, it's so inspiring when people win their category and they just walk up and they just, like, so many of the speeches, you just, I don't know, it's it's something I feel like I can't put into words. Like, it's, uh-huh. it's just super inspiring and it's like, wow, like, I don't know, I feel like it kind of hits you, like, this could be me. This could be mm-hmm. me. Like, I need to keep, you know, it inspires you, motivates you to keep working hard and you just hear very inspirational stories. And um, you get to see, you know, if you've placed, you get to see your work on the big screen, which is just a feeling like no other. I feel like mm-hmm. you just feel like, okay, like I did it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It is a very long show. The awards okay. is like three, maybe three to four hours. It's very long. Oh, wow. They have, oh, it is long. long. Um, but <laughs> because some people go up and give a minute speech and some go up and give like a five minute speech. So it uh, is very yeah, long. Yeah. See, I bring snacks in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> I do that for the hair shows. And I've been known to pull out some chicken minis from Chick- uh, Chick-fil-A out of my purse. <laughs> no, for real. Bring you snacks. Um, but other than that, like, you know, it's like high intensity. Like the music's going and the lights are going. And it's very, it's like, I all, all I can describe it as like intense, but like, I feel like it's a good intense, like it pumps you up type of intense. Uh-huh. Um, but even that, like, it's just super fun to be surrounded by so many people who have like-minded goals like yourself. It's a feeling like no other being surrounded by like a few thousand people that mm-hmm. are there for the same reason that you're there. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a really nice sense of community. So yeah. I think it's I think it's a definitely an experience. I think everybody should experience it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being able to attend this year. I will 100% yeah. be going. I don't know. I don't know awesome. whether I'm going to try and even like enter anything into it or I'm just going to go yeah. for the fun hair experience because yeah. I don't do definitely. the hair full time anymore, so it's kind of like mm-hmm. eh, but I'm still an educator, so maybe yeah. but at the same time I'm like I just want to go for, like you said, the experience 
um, and to be in the room with so many other like-minded people because I feel like that just that builds you up you never know who you're gonna meet and who you're gonna hear yeah what that's gonna inspire in you and where that could bring your career so I I just want to go for the cocktail party too and you know have a reason to like dress up fancy and be like yeah I went to awards so last week that's what I get excited about I'm like oh (laughs) can someone do my hair like I have like you know like one of my friends did my hair and I was like oh my god like I never get to do this like it's just a fun overall it's just a fun exciting thing to do yeah, like I still go to IBS up in New York City every March, yes. you know, and it's like I love going to that show and next year I plan on going to like premiere. I'm like finally getting yeah. back to the point where I'm going to start like going to the hair show. It's like I don't cut That's and color awesome. anymore, but I still right. love to walk around and be like, okay, well, what's new in the industry? What, yes. you know, what do I need to know about or what is right. interesting um who can I meet who can I network with yes what opportunities are still there um even though it's not something that I physically do anymore right it's still I feel like I feel like there's honestly a lot of Bryla Silas like in my area I mean I'm in Rhode Island so Mm -hmm. people don't often travel to shows but I am such an advocate for shows because exactly like you said like even if you're not super big into like a lot of the stuff they're doing, Mm -hmm. you guaranteed you will leave inspired by something that you saw or that you heard. And it's just, don't you agree? Like it's an amazing feeling just to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. It's like, I haven't done aesthetics in years and at at the IBS show, it's also connected to the aesthetics convention. So it's like, I do all the hair stuff on one day and then the second day I go over to the other side and I walk around it's like, I haven't waxed anybody in years, but I still like to sit there and be like, so what kind of uh, new wax technology do we have? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. And it's just, I, I, I like the experience of going and filling my mind with new experiences. And I like to travel to different shows and other areas. Because like our Cosmoprof, they have the Mid-Atlantic show that is 35 minutes from my house. So it's like I go every year for that and I spend all three days there and I have fun with that. But it's like, you know, I go home when I'm done and I still cook dinner for my husband and my kids. And it's it's different. It's a different experience. But when I go to New York, you know, I I find a hotel that I haven't stayed at before. I try and find somewhere in Times Square or something. And it's like, okay, this is going to be a whole experience. And guess what? It's a tax write-off because I'm going for education. So I'm giving myself a little mini mental vacation, having fun going out, and I can try different restaurants, see different things in a new city. When I go down to Orlando, it's it's Orlando in itself. So I always try and turn it into right. a little mini vacation down there too. Yeah, so it's course. like, I think that people should definitely travel for education definitely. more than they, they do now because there's so many yes. side benefits beyond just the education so much. themselves. Oh, yeah. Like I went to San Antonio for a hair class, you know, four or five years ago now. And yeah. I had never been to San Antonio. And I told my husband, I was like, it's like a hundred bucks for me to get you like a cheap air ticket. Cause we fly, fly like frontier or something cheap. Like right. that. And yeah, I was like yeah. for a hundred bucks, you just want to come with me. I just already have go. a hotel for yeah. three days. Um, you know, you can just walk around and experience San Antonio. And he was like, right. yeah. And now like we've been talking for years about how we want to go back to San Antonio because yeah. we loved the city. It was so beautiful. It was so much fun. And we're like, oh, that would be a great 
place to go back to and to show our kids. But it would turn into a mini vacation for the two of us mm-hmm. away from our kids. We had to go out to dinner every night. I didn't have to cook. You know, it was, there's so many other side benefits to traveling for education. And then it became a tax write yes. So it was awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was wonderful oh talking with you about this. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was my pleasure. And thank you everybody for listening, for tuning in for this week's episode. I hope that um, we have both kind of inspired you to put yourself out there, to try more, to travel more, to experience more of what this industry has to offer because um, you never know where life can take you in a few years but you just got to remember you got to keep trying just like your very first piece of advice you gave just do it just do it just do it just put yourself out there like you said you never know where it can lead you so absolutely (laughs) and when you post you know let me know and i will share everybody's stuff to my stories you gotta tag me let me know that you are entering in the contest i'll help you with sharing and and all that kind of stuff help bring a little extra promotion to you and all those fun things because I want to see everybody in this industry um, thrive and succeed. Yes. So thank you so much for listening, guys. Everyone, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I will be back next week with more business building advice for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.